episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is an episode where I was a guest on a podcast. So I, I had Adam Donald on the podcast a little while ago and we got chatting and we we're kind of like, Adam has started his own podcast and he asked me to come on and there's a really, really useful information and really, really useful podcast for anyone who is maybe starting out on their journey looking to improve the relationship with food and looking to get away from the silly quick fixes that they normally go for. So when we recorded this episode, it was kind of at the beginning of January. So one of the things we talk about is this New Year's resolutions thing. And when this is going out, it's kind of going out on Valentine's Day. And I think the industry says that most people have given up by now. There's like a national quitting day or a world quitting day or something as well. So what we talk about is what the problem is with the quick fixes and the fad diets. You talk about how to track progress accurately to get the best result how to cultivate and create that motivation that you're lacking, how to overcome that perfectionist mindset. And there's a lot there. And so hopefully you enjoy the episode with Adam Donald. So before I start today's podcast, I'm delighted to announce it's a brand new sponsor for the Shane Walsh podcast. So I want you to stop, think and ask yourself, do you feel like the best version of yourself? Are you stressed, having trouble sleeping or issues with pain management? Introducing Irish-owned CBD Self Premium CBD Oil, the natural solution to reducing anxiety, improving sleep, and helping with pain management. CBD Self Oils are made from the finest organically grown hemp, ensuring the best quality and purity. All oils are produced the highest standard and are independently third-party lab tested. CBD Self have a range of CBD oils with different strengths based on your unique needs and are very proud to introduce their brand new product, De-Stress Oil. This uniquely formulated oil targets stress and anxiety. Become your best self with CBD Self. Visit www.cbdself.com to order yours today. And as a sponsor of the podcast, I'm honored and delighted to give you a 15% discount for all listeners of the Shane Walsh podcast. So please use the code SHANE15 to get 15% off your order. Now for the podcast. Toplin, uh, welcome back to episode five, I think it is, <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, for anybody that's returning after listening to the first four episodes, thanks for coming back. I'm honoured to have a guest on the podcast today. Uh, first guest, we have Mr. Shane Walsh with us. Um, Shane is actually one of the first coaches that I started listening to when I very first started my own journey as well. So uh, it's an absolute privilege to have him on here and he's going to answer a few questions and expand your knowledge and education around all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset. So Shane, welcome. Um, Thank you very much, Adam. Thank you. listeners out there? Uh, <laughs> so I am Shane Walsh. I'm the owner of Shane Walsh Fitness. I'm a PT and qualified nutritionist, and I specialize in breaking that kind of yo-yo dieting cycle for a lot of people who are coming from cinema clubs, improving relations with food, and then I educate people around the menstrual cycle, anything from menopause, perimenopause, PCOS, pre and postnatal, uh, anything menstrual cycle, endometriosis, everything really. And so I've been in the industry six years in two weeks, um, and I only work with uh, females. Uh, so I don't really work with lads. Lads don't listen as a gender, so I don't really listen to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's why I do it. Yeah, they're easier. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so though I've got the podcast as well, the Shane Walsh podcast. So that's been up there for about five years, and we're at like nearly four hundred and thirty episodes. And you had yourself on there just before Christmas. Um, so yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, I saw I was kind of like a little bit of a late bloomer into the industry. I only started going into the industry at like. 20 no, I 30 uh, i had a health scare in 2017 i got blood clots and fluid on my lungs in 2017 i was in a i worked in recruitment for for about five or six years didn't enjoy it and then my body just completely shut down the doctors never really figured out what was going on so a massive life pivot wasn't allowed to work for a year kind of started doing a little bit of joe wicks at home kind of enjoyed it uh and started kind of seeing the benefits of my mental health with it went traveling for a bit started doing that and then when i was over there kind of doing my own little sessions and stuff people were kind of joining in i was kind of like there's something in this and so back when we were flying home from vietnam i booked my pt course and that was in say the october or november i started doing the pt stuff in december so it was a really really quick turnaround and been in the industry for six years since so that's that's a little bit of a quick x factor story unreal man unreal plenty going on <laughs> yeah um yeah so you mentioned obviously about the, the sort of mental health benefits with training and exercising and getting into health and stuff like 
I know from the last conversation we'd had, we sort of talked about this a little bit as well. Like that's the biggest reason why I got into training and exercise. Why I'm such a massive advocate for it. And like I preach more so the, the sort of mindset aspect of it with all of my clients that I work with as well, because a lot of it comes down to the the mindset aspect of it when it comes to like if your goal is weight loss or just longevity, just feeling fit and healthy and having plenty of energy and not feeling stressed all the time. And like especially this time of year as well, I think with a lot of people who are relatively new to all of this, um, like trying all of these different approaches or setting their New Year's resolutions and stuff, they can get very disheartened very quickly because of their mindset, can't they? Because they set like very sort of unrealistic expectations for themselves and then almost get left feeling sort of down or sort of guilty about it, which is like something that I used to experience. On Again, all of it comes down to the mindset aspect of it. Um, so like with... I say I have problems with New Year's resolutions, right? Because like, no, I never stuck to them, right? And I don't think very many people do actually stick to the New Year's resolutions. Like more so, it's better obviously setting goals, I think, and like actually reverse engineering them, setting goals that mean something to you. So um, what would your advice be to someone who's sort of completely new to this starting in January? Maybe they're only coming back after their Christmas period and they want to set some New Year's resolutions or New Year goals for themselves. What would you recommend? Yeah, so I know there's there's two sides to the New Year's resolution. Some people are like pro them, some people are against them. I'm like, if it means something to you, you will stick with it. So like, yeah. it's really, really important to understand why you want to do something. So one of my New Year's resolutions is to go back and learn Spanish. So I did Spanish in school, wasn't very good at it. But when we went away in November, there was kind of, I was talking to people in Spanish over there, like it was pigeon Spanish, but I was able to understand them. But it was kind of nice being able to uh, speak um, or kind of be able to speak a different language. So one of my goals is to be able to kind of get a little bit better at Spanish over the next little while. So I started off really small. I've downloaded an app called Geolingo. So for two minutes or three minutes every day, my goal is to do some sort of a lesson. And then my goal is if I can stick between January and February every single day for two or three minutes is to go and get a teacher, an online teacher in March to go and improve it even further. So there's no, I'm setting up small little steps of like, right, two or three minutes a day isn't a huge undertaking. You get a little bit of notification on your phone saying, right, do this little great little dopamine hit for doing it. And then you're kind of like plodding along, plodding along. So I won't get the teacher in March unless I'm being completely consistent for two months every single day for two minutes. So it's small actionable steps. But I think a lot of people when they're doing or trying to pick their new New Year's resolution, they're following social media. They've maybe seen a Netflix documentary and saying, well, I'm going vegan or I'm going to lose all the weight that I put on at Christmas or I'm going to go to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm going to cut out chocolate or I'm going to get cut out crisp or I'm going to cut out alcohol. I'm never drinking again. But that's not going to be realistic. So they can work for some people. Most of the goals that people pick, they don't mean anything to them. So they don't actually understand why they want to do something. They start off with very unrealistic expectations of themselves, like those giving up things. And that's a negative connotation already. You're giving up something when necessary. It's not going to be great for you. Like I never encourage clients to give up alcohol in order to lose weight because you're not understanding why you are drinking in the first place yeah whether it's to numb whether it's to to de-stress to reward whether it's something else kind of going on so what i would say if someone's looking to get a new year's resolution think of like what area of your life you want to work on whether it be walking training mental health exercise and think smarter so there's an acronym called smarter goals people would say smart goals is what it is but yeah adding on smarter so small measurable achievable realistic timely evaluate reassess is basically what it means so think of a small goal that you can actually do measurable make it measurable that you can check in with yourself and say right i'm going to be doing two weight sessions a week so it's measurable and you tick that off on a calendar achievable make sure it's actually accessible to yourself make sure it's realistic because if you're doing in january and you're breaking it down two sessions a week in january is eight sessions across the month that's not a huge undertaking 
it's realistic make it timely that you kind of check in with yourself at the end of january saying how many sessions have i done eight sessions in a month isn't a huge amount i'm not saying that you have to do one hour sessions but most people think that they need to be in the gym five hours a week or six hours a week <laughs> yeah and i think we've all been there like i remember being when i was trying to like really really put on a lot of muscle i was in the gym for an hour and a half four times a week and i'm kind of like it's it's you're kind of looking back now it's like at that time it was a little bit more of my life now you're kind of as you get a little bit older you're kind of race you're kind of like nah do you know what that's i'm okay i'd rather spend it elsewhere yeah. and then you're kind of the evaluate piece is kind of like check in with yourself every couple of weeks have i done every two weeks have you kind of checked in and said right have i got four sessions done mm-hmm. after two weeks and then reassess is like if i haven't got my four sessions done halfway through why am i not getting them done am i making it timely is it booked into my calendar what excuses am i making is life really really busy but you're better off starting off small and then bringing more in but generally most of my clients i'd say 95 percent of my clients train two to three times a week it's very very rare that people train four days a week but most of my clients get two or three sessions a week and they're they could be doing half an hour sessions at home where they're maxing the gym for 45 minutes and that's sometimes that 45 minutes is because they're arsing around on the phone but the (laughs) most of the sessions are tailored towards 30 to 45 minutes but it's it's small measure thing you also have to think about what's important to you and the big thing that a lot of people forget is who else will be impacted like if you're not going to the gym for for example who else will be impacted who else will be impacted by your health being gone who else are you letting down are you letting down a friend maybe it is maybe meeting up with a friend or doing a class with someone and saying that let's go to a class every monday and a wednesday who else are you impacting so think of it that way think smarter what's important to you be realistic and who else will be impacted and you'll 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 figure out what you want to do with your new year's resolutions yeah love that mate um see when it comes to like setting goals and stuff as well like a lot of the conversation stuff that i would have initially with like the clients we work with they it's coming down to that reason why isn't it and it is really yeah. important like your why is going to be your motivator like why you take action instead of relying on motivation, especially on the days where you don't feel like it, when you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to get your workout done, you don't want to go and get the food shopping done. Like once you can remember your reason why, that's why it's so important. So like, um, I think a lot of people set like very surface level, surface level goals as well. Don't they like initially just like unconsciously, like right, my goal for 2024 is to lose weight. Do you know what I mean? Like, but like, what, yeah, yeah. like, what do you mean by that? Like, why do you want to lose weight? Why is it important to you? You need to get really, really deep and really understand like the actual reason behind why you're looking to do it. And it could be like an emotional thing. It could be something with like relationships. It could be obviously a confidence and stuff in the workplace as well. But um, it is really important. Obviously, you're not setting these surface level goals for yourself because like it's not going to be strong enough to, to actually keep you motivated to, to stick to that over time. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's a very generic goal as well. And like, when it comes to like evaluation, for example, or like if you're reviewing your progress, like it can be very hard to actually pinpoint where you are making progress at any stage. If it's a very surface level result that you're trying to, to aim towards, you can't really break that down. No, I think, uh, and that's a really good example. What you said of like people will be out with that blanket statement of, I want to lose weight, but that's kind of yeah. like, yeah saying what well, I want to be rich. It's like, what are you actually going to do yeah. in order to get to that goal? So having that why, and I normally, some people will kind of say, ask yourself why three times, but sometimes I find it easier to ask the client when I'm doing those welcome calls, when people are kind of coming to me for one-to-one, is asking themselves why five times. It's kind of like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to feel good. Why do you want to feel good? Because I want to feel better in my clothes. Well, why do you want to feel better in your clothes? Because I feel more confident. Why do you want to feel more confident? Because I want to get into photos. Well, why do you want to feel, why do you want to get into photos? So my kids have memories of me. So there's, yeah, but most people will cut off at the third one. Yeah. And then they'll struggle to get the last two. And they kind of wonder why, like motivation isn't really going to be, like I was talking to one of the, I was talking to the, the, the group clients yesterday and one of the, the women in the group was kind of struggling with her motivation. And she was saying she, all she wanted to do was eat because it's cold in Ireland as well. So I was kind of like, right, it's not motivation that that person is struggling with. What's happening at the minute is it's more like motivation. 
So if you ever think about when your mood drops, you don't feel like doing anything. So if you look at why your mood is off, are you is your mood off because you're not exercising? Mm-hmm. Is your mood off because you're not sleeping? Is your mood off because it's time of the month? Is a mood off because you're stressed? So it's kind of like, right, if it's any of those, do you have the tools in your arsenal at present in order to work around those? If it's your cycle, maybe you need to eat that little bit more so you're not as hungry. If it's your sleep, get off your phone, stop mm-hmm. drinking, uh, those kind of things. If it's in relation to uh, maybe it's just doing something by going out for a walk and that can help your mood and that can give build that momentum. Maybe it's just doing a home workout. Maybe it's winning the next meal. It's generally when it comes to your motivation, it's generally about doing something that's going to help you. Like I'm not motivated all the time to go out for a walk first thing in the morning at all. But I know that if I don't, it's going to impact my head. I know that it wakes me up. It's freaking freezing at the minute. (laughs) Especially in Uh, Ireland. Oh, like I think I'm looking at my laptop here. It says minus three degrees. Fucking hell. (laughs) Yeah, it's freezing. So, but it wakes you up. And then yeah, you feel yeah. a sense of achievement at the beginning of the day. And then you're kind of like, right, I've already won the day. And it's like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm all set. And you, it, your clients win out of that. You win out of that. People around you win out of that. Yeah. So it's also that who else is being impacted. But people will rely on motivation. And that's not going to get you very far. It's kind of like relying on Dublin bus to bring you somewhere. Yeah, It's not <laughs> like you're not going to show up for ages and then two will come along. But motivation generally comes from action. and rather than all of a sudden just coming along and bringing you to your goal. If you do something along your goal, you'll start to feel that momentum, momentum, and that will snowball into where you want to go. So do something is what I would say. It's taken, I think I learned this from a course and stuff I've done years ago, but like I still would use this myself and use it with clients as well. It's like take a five second action step. You said earlier, like action is what creates motivation. You can help build more motivation or feel more motivated by exercising sleeping better managing stress and emotions better uh eating healthy foods getting daylight or sunlight at the first stage of the day and stuff but like for a lot of the time it's procrastination isn't it like you just listen to that voice in the back of your head that tells you right shane stay in bed it's minus three outside you don't need to go out and get your steps in today but like the hardest part about getting the walk done for example is getting outside isn't it it's just putting your shoes on putting your coat on and then the rest of it becomes easy after that like if you open your door and you step outside like you're probably not going to turn around and walk back inside take your coat off and take your shoes off like it's the same with the gym as well like the hardest part is either getting through the gym or just making that decision or making that choice obviously that's going to get you into your car and obviously take you there and the rest of it sort of becomes easy so like definitely helps yeah and i think there's um mark zuckerberg the owner of meta he's probably listening to us as we speak um <laughs> he wears the same clothes every day like yeah. the same t-shirt and pants or whatever it is um as a way to kind of like make it easy for himself so if you look at your environment in your when you wake up first thing in the morning what i tend to do is i have a chair and i put the clothes out for the walk the next day and have the runners beside the bed so when i put my feet down onto the floor my runners are beside my feet so i don't really have a choice i have to go out of my way to avoid them or else just (laughs) don't go the other side of the bed uh and do it that way but have you maybe bring your gym gear with you to work so it's already there or maybe have your shoes at the front door so you have to put them on in order to get to the door making it as easy as possible will make it easier for you there's an amazing quote by dr john d martini and he says you'll always do what you value more yeah so there will be times where you value getting that extra hour in bed compared to doing your actual walk or whatever maybe and that's okay that happens but if it's happening more often than not well then you're not really clear on what you want to do you're not really doing what you want to do you're not really acting like the person you want to become but there could be a different factor there could be stress you could be really really poor sleeper you could be going through perimenopause there could be anxiety there could be all these different things that are making it more difficult for you that procrastination element is this fear of failure that you're going to fail the task but you can't fail going for a walk you can't fail not going for a walk this is this perfection mindset that you have of like if i don't do this at all times well then what's the point the procrastination is 100 down to you value not doing it more but it's also controlling the outcome that 
if I don't do this, I told myself I wasn't going to lose weight straight from the off. So it's it's that narrative. You're controlling that narrative that if I already told myself I wasn't going to lose weight, so what's the point in doing it? And people will be like, Jesus Christ, that is me. Yeah, 100%. It's unbelievable the the power of your mind, isn't it? Like the stories or like the narratives and stuff that you tell yourself, especially when it comes to that sort of like perfectionist mindset as well. Like that very black and white mentality or that all or nothing mentality where it's either I need to be perfect here or there's absolutely no point whatsoever. Like I need to be going to the gym five days a week, hitting 10,000 steps a day, no chocolate, no enjoyment, no social events. Like that was my life for a long time as well. And that, that very perfectionist mentality and like, the stories and stuff that I would have been telling myself in my own head was the reason why I could never make progress. Cause like I would get like, be really good or restrictive or whatever during the week. And I would cut out fucking everything made like no sauces, plain chicken rice every day. No, no enjoyment whatsoever. And like everything had to be read out for the absolute gram. And like, if I missed one meal or I had a chocolate bar or I done something that wasn't on the planet I was on, like that was it, that was game over. And like, I was just like, I'm a failure. Uh, I'm never going to be able to make progress with this. I've tried this so many times before. And then that knocks your confidence down a peg as well, doesn't it? Because like, yeah. you tell yourself that you're going to do this thing and then you don't do it or you don't follow through with it. And like, you've made that mistake before. You set these expectations for yourself and you can't stick to them. And then your confidence gets knocked down. So you wait a while and then you start feeling motivated again, which a lot of people probably are this time of the year, moving into like January and setting new goals and New Year's resolutions and stuff. But like through trying lots of different approaches or dietary attempts or like fucking slimming clubs and stuff, for example, over the years, uh, their confidence is a lot lower than what it used to be because through all of these sort of failed attempts, essentially. But like, what would your advice be to someone who has that sort of perfectionist mindset or that all or nothing mentality? Like, how could you overcome it? Yeah. So the perfection thing is, it's really, really heavily linked to kind of grief trauma like stuff that happened to us as a kid parents that we had grandparents and stuff like that it's it's really really linked to that um so perfection ultimately is if it's not perfect i'm not going to do anything yeah so it's a way for us to control the outcome and sometimes i remember when i went to therapy in 2017 i would have had this element of perfection around it and the counselor I had was quite no nonsense. She came actually from a bodybuilding background. She used to compete in her 20s and 30s. And she said to me, I was like, are you that arrogant? I was like, what do you mean? She goes, are you that arrogant that you're not allowed to fail? Mm. And I was like, holy shit. So we have this premise that we're not allowed to fail. It's often us trying to protect ourselves from what other people are going to think. No one truly gives a shit. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Um, it's also our, our way to control the outcome of if I don't, do this but then i'm going to fail anyway so i've already told myself i'm going to fail then that chips away your self-worth and self-esteem so you start to beat yourself up and criticize yourself even further but then it's also this element of perfection is one of these things that it's useful in certain areas of our life would say people were like oh i'm a perfectionist at work he's like yeah but you still make mistakes at work you still fucked up with clients but you still continue to go where you want. It's like when you're driving your car, if you've got a flat tire, you don't puncture the rest of them. Yeah. And now a lot of people will tend to do that. It's like one meal won't make one meal or one night out or one. I've never seen anyone derail themselves from a night out, a weekend away, trip away, a takeaway. I've never seen anyone do that. What I've seen consistently when people come initially into it is they derail themselves because they feel they fucked up well what have you fucked they f they derail themselves by the continued action in the opposite direction that is a conscious effort but that's you making a conscious effort to go the other way because you're trying to control the outcome yeah. so you see a higher purpose in going the opposite way because oh i fucked it up so like what have you what have you fucked up genuinely what have you derailed if your mindset hasn't changed but if I always say to clients, like, look at your weekly calorie average, mm -hmm. look at your weekly budget, like money. If you overspend on a Friday night or whatever it is, and you're out with your mates, you adjust your budget for the rest of the week to be able to feed yourself and pay your bills or whatever. 100%. Same thing with calories, adjust your budget slightly for the rest of the week. And you'll be able to have your nights out, your meals out, and you'll be fine. You can still see goals. I've never had a client not have, not kind of, have some out of when the kids get sick or meals out or nights out or trips away or stags or hens or whatever i've never had a client not have that 
And they've all yeah. got massive, massive results because they've had that. Like I have a client over in the States at the minute. She's been with me for about nine months. She works in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Two very, very young kids. She's in minus 17 degrees at the minute. God. And old her, she said this recently. She was kind of like, old me would have just have given up by now. But she's yeah. kind of like, I'm, I'm actually realistic about what I can do here. I can still control my main meals. Yeah, and still yeah. be within my calorie average i'm still able to do my little home workouts two twice a week even though the kids are wrecking my head but it's talking to my partner and kind of saying well can you take these for an hour and i'll come back to it so she's taking that to step back and taking herself away from the goal and saying right i need to do this for me yeah. in order to get to where i want to go she stopped that perfection victim mode and kind of said and taking a bit of ownership of where she is she thinks she's somewhere between i think she's somewhere like 25 kg down that's unreal but like she's made small little steps there's times where she's the mood wobbles a little bit but that's generally what's wobbling it's the mood because the hours that she works the kids are maybe sick or whatever and we're kind of like right what's the goal this week and she says right my goal this week is get my sleep back up and if her sleep goes back up the rest of the week snowballs so she's taking that step back it's not perfect it's about reassessing saying what can i do but that perfection thing can come with a little bit of arrogance of like i'm not allowed to mess up and that's a big big thing that a lot of people can really really struggle with is that kind of like i'm not allowed to mess up as like well you're human so you're not above it yeah 100 percent. that's it though and it is it's just the story that them tell, tell themselves whenever it happens like i fucked up uh i've derailed myself there's no point in going forward now or i've ruined it and like can really dwell on it and then that comes into that emotional aspect of it, and people get very stressed and then obviously like if you're having very high levels of stress and sleep can take a hit motivation is going to take an even further hit after that you could have increased cravings or turning the food as a comfort and then fucking everything just spirals out of control but yeah like uh, i often think um a weight loss journey or a fat loss journey isn't about um weight loss at all i genuinely think it's about perspective i think most people can lose weight and they have lost weight in the past but it's often a perspective thing that when you don't sleep we tend to get our emotions tend to get a little bit more heightened so we lose that rationale voice or we may have overeaten so we lose that rational voice that perspective piece it's like, well, what can I do today that's going to bring me to where I want to go? And that could be simply yeah. going for a walk. That could be simply going to the shop and getting something into the house. That could be simply doing your online shop. That could be maybe just having maybe eggs on toast. With, and that could be a simple like win the next meal kind of setup. So that really does help. Like when you practice it a lot more, it becomes a lot easier. But those first kind of little, those few times they're kind of saying, well, what can I do? What can I do? So I kind of went up, do I really want to do this? And maybe it's okay just to get your takeaway and have it with your partner. But then it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. right, what do I want to do tomorrow? Is it go to the gym? It's not to go to the gym to like burn off the calories. It's go to the gym because you want to or you get to. It's not because you have to. Too many people feel they have to do all these kind of different things. And then they put so much pressure on themselves. And they try to change everything at once. When the reality thing is if you chip, chip, chip away, even again, a consistency calendar of like, get a piece of paper or a calendar. Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, he has he, he sets himself a, a goal of writing a joke every single day and he gets a calendar and he marks off an X every time he's written a joke. And by the end of the month, he has to see 30 Xs or 29 Xs or 31 Xs. So to pick a goal that you're going to do, whether it's going for a walk, and mark it off on the sheet. And you'll see if you're quite visual, like I've got my whiteboard here in front of me, I've got my goals written for the year. So as I kind of tick them off, it's kind of like, right, I'm doing really well here. So if you have it in front of you and tick that off, tick that off, tick that off, you'll actually start to realize that you're doing probably better than you actually realize and doing probably better than you actually give yourself any credit for. Irish people are awful at giving themselves credit. Awful. Stress, anxiety, more stress. Trouble sleeping, it's a continuous negative cycle. This seems to be the norm for modern life. It doesn't always have to be like this though. Try CBD Self's uniquely formulated combination of CBD and CBG de-stress oil. Designed to help naturally reduce stress and anxiety. Become your best self with CBD Self. Check out the website www.cbdself.com and use Shane15 to get a 15% discount off your order. Beat ourselves up, mate. But yeah, I think that's a great idea as well. And like, 
that was one of the first things that I started doing was like tracking habits initially, but like I was making the same mistakes as well. I was like, I set these really unrealistic habits. Like I'm going to meditate for an hour a day. I'm going to hit yeah. 15,000 steps. I'm going to do 20 minutes of breath work undistracted and all of this crazy stuff. Like, and like I ended up with done fuck all, obviously. So like it's making sure that you set realistic expectations for yourself, like allow yourself to make mistakes. Like everyone's human, as you said, and like everyone is going to make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And like, I make mistakes all the time. I go over my calories. I skip workouts and I'm sure you do these things as well. We all do it, but um it's just understand that that's normal it's part of the process and like not uh allowing yourself to believe the stories that you're you're telling yourself about being a failure and stuff and like just resetting yourself and thinking about what you can do in the next five minutes or the next the next couple of seconds it's going to get you moving in the right direction again you know and appreciate how far you've already come accept what has happened like you're always going to make mistakes and like the the what we sort of work with with our clients as well is to help them try and get away from that destruction mentality is like framing things for them early on and being like right the more mistakes that you can make the more you're going to learn do you know what i mean the more times time. you fuck something up the more, like i fuck up all the time but the more times you fuck something up and the more mistakes that you make the more you're going to learn from that she'd be like right okay well this has happened i accept this i had a tech with my girlfriend over, over the weekend for example because we were chatting about that right so like i accept that this thing has happened but like use it in a positive frame of uh, light as well so like I enjoyed this because I got to spend time with my partner. I got to enjoy some nice food. I got to switch off at the weekend instead of being like, oh, I fucked it up. I want over my calories and I have ruined all of my progress. Do you know what I mean? So like look for the positive in all of these negative situations or just change the story that you're attaching to it. But um, just learn from that setback or that experience, no matter what it is in any any form of your life. It doesn't have to be like weight loss related. It could be anything that you're trying to learn or anything that you're trying to do. But the more times you make mistakes, the more you're going to be able to learn from it. And then further down the line, you're going to be better equipped to just almost automatically. It's never going to be automatic, but you'll almost automatically just make the right decision because you're like, right, well, I've been here so many different times before. I'm not going to make that same mistake again. I'm going to take a different a different path here. I'm going to make take a different choice. You're going to choose a different action to, that's not going to pull me back into that sort of mindset. Yeah, I think bang on there. Like it's kind of, you've realized and you've accepted that trying to do too much for yourself or trying to change too much has hasn't worked and you've kind of used that perspective piece and say right this isn't a me problem this isn't an ability problem this is an actual tactical approach problem and you're kind of saying right let's bring it back and say right i'm just going to go for a walk or i'm going to go training or i'm going to win the next meal and that's the way you've broken it down and that's been a lot more sustainable for you because you've broken it down into small little chunks rather than saying I'm going to do an hour of breath work. I'm going to meditate every single day. I'm going to go for a walk today. It's yeah. kind of like, plus eight hours gone and I still have to do my day job. Yeah. yeah. It's just Big not time. going to happen. Uh, nope. Consistency beats perfection every time as well, doesn't it? Like like long-term, you're going to make you're going to make more progress than you ever would be it focusing on being consistent and trying to be perfect and then just dropping off after a week like I did all of the time because you can't sustain the expectations that you're sort of setting for yourself it's never i've never seen someone that doesn't have the ability that's the big big thing i've never seen that someone that doesn't have the ability they either don't want to change which is fine Mm -hmm. they may have mental health concerns that they may need to go work on and they may have these the lack uh, sometimes can the 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 perspective that they can lose and or the mindset hasn't changed and they're kind of like well i want to lose weight asap it's kind of like well you're still overeating on the weekends and overeating at the uh, during the uh, in the evenings we need to work better on what you're doing during the day so stop skipping meals as a byproduct you eat less calories and if you eat less calories you're going to start to get your goal but we can be so addicted to that restriction piece when we are trying to lose weight it's like i can't have this i can't have this i can't have this like what can you have if you actually look at all the foods that are out there right now, fats, carbs, sugars, sweeteners, vegetables, fruits, proteins, you're kind of like, well, what foods are actually left when you say that are going to make us fat? It's kind of like, I'm going to survive on air. Air will yeah. keep me alive. It's like, it'll keep you alive to a point, but like life is just a lot nicer with food in your life. 100%, definitely. And I feel like, especially with social media and stuff like social media can be good for a lot of things, but it's also fucking terrible for most things as well, especially for like complete beginners and stuff who are maybe just starting out their journey because 
there's so many conflicting um conflicting coaches and just conflicting pieces of information out there regarding nutrition on like one of my clients came to me the other day she sent me a meal plan booklet that she bought and it was about menopause and the guy was like telling her that she needed to eat 650 calories a day in this book and i was like that's insane like what's your thoughts on that oh my god if i had hair we pulled out oh madness, christ madness and this guy had a published book and i was like this is crazy but like that's the problem with social media and stuff as well because like if somebody has a big following regardless of whether what they're saying is true or not like a lot of people are very susceptible to believe in that do you know what i mean and like people are promising these quick fixes and really fast approaches like i used to take extreme fat burners i've done the shake dats and stuff before myself as well to try and get quick results i tried fucking borderline starving myself for months on end and natural testosterone levels hit the floor and like went through all of these sort of quick fixes and shit before myself and it was just coming through like what i was seeing online and the it's so confusing for so many people because you have one person saying this one person saying carbs are bad the other person saying carbs are good one person saying you need more protein one person saying you need less protein like where do you start for a lot of people do you know what i mean so like i suppose what would your advice be to someone who is completely new and all of this like what would your action steps be for someone who gets started so there's a couple of ways you can look at it. I would look at your social media and kind of look at, right, is there anyone saying definitive things of like, you shouldn't have this and you shouldn't have that, or you can't have this food or you can't have that food. I would look at them and say, right, I need to mute that feed. Yeah. I would also look at, right, who are you actually following and are you following them? Are they impacting your self-worth and what, the, because they look like a certain way, are they big belly booty or six-pack piece? are they impacting your mood and that's the first thing you see in the morning and the last thing you see at night and you're wondering why your body image is shit you have a responsibility to yourself to start there as well and delete those apps delete those people like they're not going to know they don't get an alert every time someone unfollows them so you're okay like their their ego will be fine for a little bit the other thing you need to look at right i would probably say you need to get a little bit of support because when you're starting to learn how to drive what's the first thing you do you hire a teacher because you otherwise you wouldn't be allowed on the road so I would look maybe and get someone to help you to navigate this. The way to navigate someone of how to pick someone to work with you is look at their content for the last little while and does their message actually make sense? Yeah. Maybe pop them a DM or maybe kind of say, right, can we have a phone call and see if you match up with that person? If that person is selling you a quick fix or is that person saying you will, I will guarantee you lose 10 kg in four days or they're selling you a really, really quick, fast approach that isn't sustainable, you need to ask yourself, are you going down the rabbit hole again? Or listen to them and say, right, is your issue weight loss or is your issue the habits and stuff that you have? Because if you never address the habits and behaviors that led to the weight gain, you're never going to keep it off. So you need to ask yourself going into it again is, is your goal to lose the weight and put it back on? Or is the goal to lose the weight and keep it off majority of it forever? So that's something that you need to think about as well. Um, I think asking for help, starting small. So if you're starting yourself and you may not be in a financial position to do it, start small. Maybe it's kind of like not everyone should be tracking calories, but I would kind of say, right, aim for three meals, two or three snacks a day. And yeah. people will say, well, I'm, I feel I'm eating more than ever. And it's kind of like, yeah, but I guarantee it's less calories than you've been consuming because you're not you're starving yourself in the evenings. So having a breakfast, having a, a lunch, having a dinner, and then maybe having two or three snacks, it'll keep your blood sugar steady, it'll keep your hunger at bay, and you'll be eating regularly that will reduce the picking over time. There will be times that you go over it, there'll be times you go under it, it will happen. But if you keep to regular meals throughout the day, you'll be a lot better. And maybe the way to navigate that is to get a food shop in each week. Yeah. Because most people won't get a food shop in until Tuesday or Wednesday, or they go to the shop, on a Wednesday or Tuesday, they'll be surviving. They look around the presses. I'm like, what can I have? Okay, I'm going to have, yeah, I'm going to have biscuits or I'm going to have Rivitas with uh, Philadelphia. That's what yeah. my dinner is going to be. And then you're wondering why you're starving at 6 or 7 p.m. afterwards. So start small, start with regular meals. And then once you get your head around the regular meals piece for, for maybe two weeks and you've been 80% adherent, maybe then bring in, the odd gym workout and kind of go from there but i think asking for help could really help to kind of make you skip the whole 
learning process a lot quicker than you going on your own because there's going to be days where you don't feel like doing anything it's going to be days where you feel you fucked up but you haven't fucked up anything really yeah 100 it's uh with like a lot of the quick fixes and stuff that we're chatting about earlier on like a lot of people try to get results fast like everybody wants results right now and like i know i was guilty of doing that before myself but like the problem with all of these approaches as well is they're all it's a blanket prescription isn't it like a lot of the clubs and those sort of extreme diets and stuff that a lot of people would turn to straight away it's just it's a blanket statement to everyone this is what you need to do to lose weight if you do this you will lose weight and like all diets work don't they like slimming world works weight watchers work keto works tracking calories works uh mindful eating works like all of these different approaches work right or different diets work but they work until they do not work anymore or they no longer work because they all work by creating a calorie deficit but like it's how you can actually maintain that long term do you know what I mean? So you need to find a way of creating a deficit that's enjoyable, sustainable, where you can still include foods that you love. You don't need to feel guilty for having a takeaway with your partner at the weekend. You don't need to feel guilty for going on holidays. You don't need to feel guilty for missing a workout or deciding to lie in bed an extra hour in the mornings because you've got three kids and you're fucking exhausted and you don't want to get up at half five to go to the gym. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's being compassionate and empathetic, like showing yourself empathy and allowing yourself to make mistakes and understand that you're a human. And he said, like, starting small is the best thing that anybody can do. Cause like a lot of the clients that we work with as well is like they go from zero to hundred. And like, I used to have that as well. So you've like two different categories of people. You have some people who go from zero to hundred straight away. And you mentioned earlier that that does work for a very, very specific type of person. But like for most normal people who have busy jobs, who do a lot of traveling, they've got kids and they've got lots of different uh stresses and stuff going on in their lives you need to go from like zero to one instead of trying to go from like zero to 100 straight away at the click of a finger like jumping over all of these small steps along the way and then stumbling back down again three weeks later because they can't sustain it anymore so it's like taking one step at a time focus on one individual aspect at a time like add more water this week add more fruit and veg the week after add a little bit more movement in the week after that and just build on it at your your own your own pace and like what's actually realistic for you and then like measuring and tracking progress is going to be really important as well isn't it because like i find like a lot of people get very demotivated because they're either not tracking progress properly um or they're just not seeing progress at all so like there's everyone's different like some people track progress in like lots of different ways and some people have got different opinions and stuff on it so like what would you recommend to people um starting their journey this year in terms of measuring like success metrics or like what sort of success metrics do you think people should be tracking to try and help themselves stay motivated by seeing progress? Uh, so there's a couple of ways to look at it. Um, the weighing scales is one. Um, and people will say, well, the scales impacts my mood. No, the scales doesn't impact your mood. What we're, What's happening is you're projecting how you feel about yourself onto a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. It's not the scales that's impacting your mood. You're, the scales can't impact your mood unless you allow it or project onto it the scales isn't the issue well essentially what you are doing when you look at the scales and the number doesn't read what you want to go on to is either your expectations are very drastic or you're looking for validation for your efforts so when you look at a piece of plastic or the scales what essentially you're looking for is for validation for your effort to go down for that number to go down every single time you step on it and if that doesn't read what you say or what you wanted to read you start to get annoyed and say start to believe that that you are the problem but sometimes what i do with clients that have kind of have not a great relationship with the scales i tend to depends where they're at i'll either get them to do it three times a week minimum Mm -hmm. or else i will do get them to step on it every single day and understand the fluctuations because yeah. it, it will go up around your menstrual cycle. It will go up if you haven't gone to the bathroom. It will go up if you've eaten a little bit more in the evenings. It will go up just from being, from life. It's gravity. It's your relationship with gravity. It's not relationship with you. Another thing that you can do is step on the scales fasted after you go to the bathroom. Take the log of the weight. And then what I would try to do is maybe get about a liter and a half water, two liters of water, maybe about a liter and a half of water into you in the next kind of couple of hours and no food. Step on the scales again. What's going to happen? The scales is going to go up. But all you've done is drink water. So does that mean that water is bad for you? Well, you can die from too much water and you can die from dehydration. So does that mean water is bad for you? But all you've done is drink water and the scales is going up. Mm-hmm. so that when i've done that with clients they're kind of like holy shit that's how easy it is for that scales to go up i've done nothing wrong 
yeah that blame and shame spiral that that person's in is kind of like that's actually gone and they're kind of like hang on i've actually learned something here i have no control over that scales but i have control over how i react that scales won't go down every day that is fact as i expecting your bank balance to go up every day it won't <laughs> you only wish exactly and then like other measurements you can bring in is your measurements yeah. by yeah. kind of because the weight, the, the weighing scales only measures your relationship with gravity and your weight. It doesn't measure fat loss. Mm-hmm. So if you're measuring fat loss, it's your body composition, it's how your clothes are feeling and your measurements. They're more likely to go down each week than the scales. The scales won't go down every week. But if you're in a deficit, fat loss will happen. And fat loss is your measurements. So if you take your measurements, you can do them every week or every two weeks, Take them on your biggest part of your quad, biggest part of your bum, on your hip bone, on your belly button, along the nipple line, and on your bicep. That's generally the ones that I kind of suggest. Yeah. The other thing that I would kind of I regret not doing myself is taking more progress pictures at the beginning of my own journey, because then you can see exactly where you've come from to where you're at right now, and that will show you where you're at. The other thing you can measure is: Are you feeling better into your clothes? So, are your clothes feeling looser? Are you having to buy smaller sizes? there's fat loss as well for you. The other thing that you can kind of look at, right, are you, are you being more adherent? Are you being more adherent than you've ever been because you're not putting the pressure on yourself and not letting the scales disrupt you? The other thing that you can kind of look at is, right, are you being more adherent with your gym training? The other thing is when, when I when I have a, on my sheet with my clients, it's kind of like, well, how adherent have you been with your nutrition and training out of 10? And I find that if someone hasn't, and they kind of say, kind of check in on them kind of say right and they're kind of maybe giving out why isn't going down quick and i was like well how adherent have we been for the last couple of weeks kind of like oh maybe a six out of ten i'm kind of like okay so we're not happy with where we're at but we've only been 60 percent adherent across the board so why don't we try and get our adherence up and then watch this space Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like okay well that's easy so what can i do it's like well let's get a little bit more regular meals in because we're starting to skip meals and we can see that snacking is creeping back in but it's from a place of acceptance and it's not me shaming them saying you're a shit person for not being 60 percent adherence it's like well what's the issue meet you where you're at and say what sleep is disturbed all right so we're not going to add in another session we're just going to say right let's take the mood out of it and get a shop in because you've been skipping you're doing your shops some but really simple you can do it online there's at home in the office get your shop delivered for the for a day or two Really, really simple. So those non-scale victories is what I kind of tend to call them. And they really, really do help to kind of break people away from the scales. Massive, mate. Massive. I think like a lot of people are just very fixated on the scale initially. And like, it's not through any fault of their own, especially like a lot of my the clients that I sort of work with, there's um, people have come from like slimming clubs and all of that sort of stuff where you're like getting wet once a week in the evenings, fully clothed after a full day's worth of eating food and drinking water and it's very disheartening and like i know myself like i had a really bad relationship with the scales and i was so fixated on it and it was the only success metric that i used because i never tracked measurements i never tracked photos i didn't track habits didn't track my workouts i didn't look at anything else apart from um the scales like and then a lot of that the mindset that i had back then as well like if i seen the number in the scales go up i just fucking went mad me it's like binging on thousands of calories and stuff because i thought that it already ruined it. it was like what's the point in trying to continue but like um obviously just understanding why the the scales occur water retention menstrual cycle uh menopause too much sodium or salt in your diet eating too late at night like high levels of stress per sleep inflammation per digestion like there's so many different factors as to why the scale weight will fluctuate and like the problem with doing it once a week as well is like you I like the idea of doing it like three days a week right personally I think with my clients we try and get them doing it every day at least for a while and like just so they can see the fluctuations get their averages and stuff over time because like they're coming from only doing it like maybe once a week or every two weeks and the problem with that is like you build all of this anticipation up for this single way and uh, like if the week goes up you're sad you're miserable you beat yourself up and you feel guilty about it and if the week goes down you're happy and you think like that that's amazing do you know what i mean whereas like you remove that attachment i think you need to understand why the scales will fluctuate because like you could happen to just pick a day where you you have a fluctuation you're maybe coming up to your menstrual cycle starting you ate too late the night before maybe lots of sodium you're dehydrated or something and like then you feel like you've failed because you've put two pound on in the space of one week or whatever it is whereas like if you were to continue in yourself every day after that 
the fluctuations in water retention or food or inflammation or whatever it is could actually fade away at that point. You could see on average that you're still moving in the right direction, but like it's still not accurate enough, obviously just weighing yourself. And I think a lot of people use that as their only success metric. Like it's the least accurate way that you could actually gauge whether you're moving in the right direction or not. Like pair that with like body measurements or progress photos and you've got a little bit more accuracy per progress photos measurements on your average weight. It's even more accurate. And then pair that with like how you feel in your clothes, the belt size, trouser size, dress size and stuff as well. Like you want to try and get as many success metrics as possible because like what gets measured gets managed. Do you know what I mean? What gets measured gets improved and you can see that. And like if you're tracking your progress in terms of weight loss, fat loss, habits, workouts, and you're not making any progress, like don't tell yourself a story of like, oh, I've failed. This isn't working for me. You're like, yeah, okay, maybe it isn't working. But like failure is feedback. That's just a sign that what we were doing or what you were doing before isn't working anymore. And you need a course correct or you need to make adjustments to to sort of get yourself moving in the right direction. Yeah, it could be a simple solution, like maybe your portions need a tweak. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're more often than not, what I see it with say if someone's counting calories, it's often that they're not counting everything on purpose because yeah. they don't want to be judged for maybe having a few things. They're trying to rely on recall, so they leave things out accidentally, or they might not be counting everything accurately. So, like the labels and the packs of food that we rely on, they're twenty percent margin of error wrong already, and then you've got human error on top of it. So sometimes, if I, I like, there's no evidence based what I'm about to say, but what I find is if people are not sure of what something is and they're cooking at home, maybe multiply it by one point two, so add that twenty percent on, and if someone's out for a meal. The chef's job is to make the food as healthy as possible. It's kind of like, well, how do I know a meal out? How can I track the meal out? I normally suggest clients to multiply it by 1.5. Yeah. Add about 50% on because the, the the chef's job is to make it as tasty as possible. His job, their, their job isn't to um, make it as calorie safe as possible. So if you think something is 500 calories and you're out, maybe multiply one by one and a half and it's 750 calories. But a lot of people, what I would say is if you're using the app, the biggest thing when I use it, I've only ever used it for like six, six, about eight weeks of my life. And what I tended to do was enter the food into the app the night before. It took my mood out of it. It allowed me to kind of see, right, I had X amount of calories left for chocolate or an ice cream in that evening. But it also allowed me to rely on a system not relying on willpower. And then that way you can see, right, I've had my 1800 calories already got 300 extra calories from my chocolate in the evening i get to enjoy my chocolate i'm still within my calorie range and then everything will change yeah 100 and it's just inconsistent after that isn't it yeah like i think it is it's it's that learning thing as well like i think as long as you're not kind of if you're if you're you're counting or you only count when you feel like it, it's the wrong tool for you yeah. or you're not doing it from a place of judgment of like I don't feel I can have this. I'm not going to count this. So, that, and that's that's a that's a control tool of like that I'm going to be given out to. Is like no, any coach that gives out to you or says you don't want it enough isn't a coach. They're yeah. full on dickhead. Hundred percent, they're full of shit. Yeah, it has to be tailored. Like some people get very annoyed, obviously, with tracking calories, and it's it is the most educational tool that you can use when it comes to losing weight. Like it is a good idea to track your calories for a while at least anyway, so you can see what is in the foods and stuff they're eating. But like, if you are in the position that I was in years ago, where you're overwhelmed, anxious, getting very frustrated and like tracking calories, just fucking blows your mind and it's causing frustration or anxiety or guilt or anything like that in your life, then don't do it. Do you know what I mean? Same with weighing yourself as well. Like if you get any of these feelings, just remove the scales entirely. Don't be pushing yourself through that. There's always going to be a different approach. You have to sort of find the approach that, um, that obviously works for you, fits into your lifestyle and you enjoy, you can stick to doesn't cause any discomfort and that's where that perspective piece is when you're kind of leaning on someone you're asking questions for someone um sometimes when you're working when i'm working with clients i'll try to ask, i like they'll, they'll they, some of them get annoyed because i just ask questions back and i already answered the question and i make them realize what's the right answer and they're kind of like okay i, I knew this myself there's no point in me telling someone what to do i they have to realize they they have the tools right now and then they start to like okay i've actually Done pretty well so i've actually navigated this i'll only ask i'll it's only a subtle question or two questions and kind of saying well what do you think you want to do what's kind of like what well, is fruit going to make me fast it's like how much fruit mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like i don't know it's like well there's your answer 
it's not like oh three bananas and one strawberry is my cutoff and then you're kind of like then i'm going to start getting fat it's like no, no 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 that's not how it works so it's kind of asking those silly questions and sometimes you get a little bit of kickback from but it's kind of like I, there's no point in me telling you the answers it's kind of like i'll tell you the answers if i can which i can but more often than not, i'll ask you kind of make you realize and question what your belief system is because a lot of stuff that we have are attachments and belief systems around food food isn't the issue for people it's how we yeah. see ourselves eating the food is the issue we've that's been taught to us oh you can't have this cookie you can't have this pizza you can't have this takeaway because well you're fat or you're going to be a bad person or you're not going to get your weight loss goals it's like no i've seen clients i've seen clients have pizza once a week and still got fat loss results and still lose 50 pounds but if you're having it every single day then that's a little bit different yeah it's not ideal but you can still lose if you wanted pizza every single day and it was still within your calorie range you could do it you might not feel great off it but you could do it yeah you feel like shit <laughs> yeah but it could still do it every day but technically it's still possible obviously it's just um i'm not setting a challenge here for someone to go and eat pizza every day <laughs> as a way to lose it because i know there's certain certain things kind of like only eating certain things on a day challenges up on social media at the minute and it's proving that's how to lose weight yeah but yeah. they are useful in a way for some people but yeah i just if as long as your calories and your protein are in a decent range uh and your it doesn't matter if you're high carb low fat low fat high carb it doesn't really really matter as long as your calories are in range and your protein all the studies show it and anyone that says it isn't is set trying to sell you a fucking lie yeah it's bullshit 100 that's it calories and protein making sure that you're getting enough in to keep you full and satiated help with recovery help with preservation of muscle tissue and everything else and then like allow yourself to have a couple of hundred calories worth of the things that you actually like chocolate a packet of crisps a glass of wine a slice of pizza save them calories up and have something nice at the weekend where you can enjoy it guilt-free so you don't have to self-destruct and it doesn't actually feel like you're on a diet because you're still including things that you enjoy on a regular basis you're not building up these cravings and having these massive overconsumptions of things because you haven't been restricting yourself of anything it just makes the process much much easier doesn't it yeah big time i think that is a big thing it's like you, you haven't really fucked up anything and that that whole thing of allowing yourself to have things is a big thing that a lot of people can struggle with of they're addicted to that restriction they're addicted to that misery like if you ask them what weight losing weight means like oh i have to take out this out like, what diet are you on it's like i'm eating chocolate every day and i'm eating in moderation it's like no no no. what's your trick like they're actually looking for like karen in the office is asking what you want to do so i want the trick it's like no this is what i'm doing they're kind of like no it can't be that simple it's like yeah the people that it's that addicted to restriction pieces that is it's that it's the that quick fix mentality that that fad diet Mm -hmm. like fad diet means food avoidance diet it's kind of like i've never seen it work long term as you said all diets work but if your diet doesn't need a name it doesn't need a deadline and it doesn't need to take out a food group yeah if you can't see yourself doing what you're doing right now a year into the future or two years into the future it's not the right approach do you know what i mean you need to think about something that you're actually going to be able to maintain for the rest of your life because like you do all the short-term fixes and quick fads that you want but like the minute you stop that you revert back to old habits you start reintroducing the things you've restricted yourself of you're fucked because you're back to square one do you know what i mean and then it just makes it very hard to yeah sustain that or progress long term like yeah big time uh shane unreal mate thank you for coming on it's been a action-packed podcast first guest on the show mate hopefully have you back on in the future as well um Definitely. where can people find out a little bit more about yourself mate yeah so i am on socials on at shane walsh fitness uh the shane walsh podcast is up on itunes and up on spotify so if anyone has any questions or has any things that i've kind of said on the podcast pop us a dm happy to have a have a chat and kind of answer any queries you may have but thank you again for having me on i didn't realize i was the first guest 
Yeah, first guess, mate. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able, to, you wouldn't tell. So it's all good. Happy days. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of valuable information and a good education around this podcast as well. Um, thanks for coming on, my man. Hope you have a good weekend. Thank you very much, Adam for inviting me onto the podcast and i hope that you've enjoyed that episode if you haven't heard it on adams already i really do appreciate you listening to it on mine as well if you've enjoyed the episode at all please do tag myself up on your story adam up on your story as always please leave a review up on itunes and spotify wherever you find your your podcast the more that few that do it the more the podcast can grow the more the podcast can grow is we can stop the silly information that's out there so as always thank you so much for listening and hope you've enjoyed the episode